Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together and recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are, what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us this uh, morning. What a great weekend, huh? Fabulous weather. You know, they say in Wisconsin, summer is the best week of the year. And... Uh, it's like we're getting a bonus week, so that's always good. Uh, my good friend Brad Stein is coming to do a series of uh, fun comedy nights. Great opportunity to uh, just go out, make it a date night if nothing else, or invite some friends. Get them to come and see that how crazy we really are. And uh, they're gonna be at the, he's going to be at the uh, Stevens Point campus and the Appleton campus and here at the Green Bay campus. Got a quick video. Let's see what Mr. Stein has to say today. Hey folks, it's me, God's comic Brad Stein, and no, I'm not short. This man has a thyroid issue. He's right, I will eat you. <laughs> what you might be wondering is, why should I go see a comedy show with God's comic Brad Stein and Johnny W., the man who can't afford the rest of the letters in his name? That's right, it's the two for the road comedy tour. Many of you sit at home, you watch Netflix all day, you have Blue Apron bring in your meals, you don't want to leave the house, it's our job to be your life coach, convince you to get out. You're already making excuses, uh, there's not going to be any parking, Brad. Oh, there's going to be plenty of parking. You know why? Because we have eliminated a lot of gigantic forestry so you can park your car. And then some of you are like, oh, but this is I don't know, what about tickets? They're gonna be so expensive. They're not gonna be expensive at all. There's gonna be $10, and if you can't find $10, you can go panhandle. That's right, you're gonna be like, oh, I'll have to put on pants. No, no pants required at this show. That's Wait, right. it is at a church more than likely. Please bring pants. All right, bring pants. Pa pants are optional. It really depends. If we're in California, you won't need pants. Anywhere else, you'll have to be like the rest of civilized society. Yes. You won't wanna miss it. It's gonna be a blast. We are continuing our series on the significant events of the Old Testament. We are now ta been talking about the life of Joseph. Uh, uh, Jacob, has, uh, whose name is turned to Israel, God calls him Israel. And here they go back and forth between the names as we read it, Jacob and Israel, same guy. And uh, he has 12 sons. And now we've got, starts with Abraham, Isaac, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who gets named turned to Israel. He has 12 sons. These become the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, the uh, second to the youngest one is Joseph. Uh, we start reading where Joseph is 17 years old. His brothers don't like him. He's dad's favorite. Dad gives him all his attention. He gives him this fancy coat of many colors. And, and Joseph was a little bit of a snot, kind of a tattletale. We read about that. His brothers didn't like him. But what really kicked it off is he has these dreams, vivid, powerful dreams that he shares with his family. And in his dreams, he sees his family coming and bowing down to him. Now, this is highly insulting. Uh, it'd be a little irritating even in our culture back in this culture back then. That was really insulting. And they all got mad at him. 
uh, including his dad. Well, his brothers already had enough issues with him, and they had an opportunity. They were going to kill him. One of the other brothers steps in and said, ah, don't kill him, let's sell him. So they, they sell him off into Egypt, uh, to some uh, caravan that goes into Egypt. Uh, and then for the next 13 years of his life, he's just going through hell. He's a slave, and then he gets thrown into prison for years and years and years. And we read last time how in a single day, he got up that morning, and by the end of that day, he, was the, he wakes up in prison. By the end of that day, he goes to sleep, the second most powerful man in the world with all the authority and all the riches and stuff that go in it. We talk about how God can turn your situation around like that, okay? Uh, and he can do it <laughs> very quickly. Uh, and uh, so anyway, we see that in the life of Joseph. So that's how we ended last time. Now, we're going to continue on. Now, this is in Genesis, the 42nd chapter. So when Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, Jacob is the guy who's Israel, has the 12 sons, all right? He says to his sons, why are you guys just sitting there looking at each other? <laughs> Fathers have talked to their kids the same for many thousands of years. <laughs> what, what you doing here? You're sitting around scratching your butts. Come on, do something. And he says, listen, I heard that there's grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so that we can live and not die. Come on, guys, just sit there. Well, then the 10 of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt. Well, we know Joseph is there. That's one. Then the other 10 go down. We're short one. Where's the other one? The youngest one is Benjamin. It says, Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with the others because he was afraid that harm might come to him. And it was a big deal. I mean, uh, uh, Jacob has, in the end, f basically four wives. The one he loved the most from the be beginning was Rachel. Uh, the other girls have way more babies than Rachel. Rachel only finally has two. The first one is Joseph, and then she dies in childbirth uh, with Benjamin, so these are the only two that are connected to Rachel. So as far as dad knows, Joseph's dead because that's what the brothers told him. So he's hanging on to Benjamin, wouldn't let him go. So Israel's sons were among those who went to buy grain, for there was famine in the land of Canaan. Remember, Joseph got to the position that he did, uh, interpreting Pharaoh's dream, said, listen, there's going to be seven years of great plenty and then seven years of famine. We need to get ready. So they prepared when nobody else was preparing. Uh, and so now the world is coming to the doorstep of Egypt. Uh, and Egypt gains incredible wealth during this time. You can imagine if everybody in the world could only buy food from one place, <laughs> you're making a lot of money. All right, so the whole world's coming to Egypt. And these brothers come as well because of this famine. Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. As soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them. Now, you got to think about this. Uh, so Joseph was 17 when they sold him off. He's 30 years old when, boom, he becomes the most powerful man in Egypt, second most powerful man in the world. Uh, and then seven years of plenty, so that is 37 and now this is the second year of the famine, so he's 39 now. The last time his brother saw him was when he was 17. There's quite a difference in look often between 17 and 39. And of course, now he's dressed like, you know, one of the power brokers of Egypt and stuff like that. So they don't recognize him. They come down and they bow down. Now, we're going to see in a second how he remembered his dreams. 
Can you imagine that flash that had to happen? Because at this point, Joseph, you know, had not connected with his family. Kind of interesting. I don't know why. Because being that powerful, he probably could have sent emissaries into the land of Canaan to look for his family. But he didn't. Don't know why. Doesn't tell us. All we know as far as he knew, his family had sold him off. They don't want him. So he's doing this job. His life is pretty good at this point. <laughs> I'm sure he has a lot of bennies uh, with this job. And all of a sudden, these guys come in, and, they fall, and immediately he recognizes them. And they're bowing down to them. Boom! There's that dream that he had all those years ago. What a shock that had to be to his system. Well, now, it says that... Uh, as soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from? He asked. Now, what he's, doing, he's speaking through an interpreter. Say, how do you know that? Because it tells us a little bit later. As I told you, in the Old Testament, for some reason, you have to keep reading to the end of the story to find out what was going on when you started reading the beginning. <laughs> I don't know why they wrote that way, but they did. It's highly frustrating, personally. You've got to read the whole thing and then put it in context. You start to understand. So he is speaking through an interpreter. He's speaking... Egyptian, and uh, the brothers, you know, you know, who is this guy? And so in, through the interpreter, he says, where do you guys come from? And they said, well, we came from the land of Canaan to buy food. And now, although Joseph recognized his brothers, they didn't recognize him. And of course, he remembered his dreams about them. And then he starts messing with their heads. They had it coming, right? So he says, you're just spies. You've come here to see where our land is unprotected. No, my Lord. Your servants have come to buy food. We're the sons of one man. Your servants are honest men, not spies. No, he says to them. You've come to see where our land is unprotected. But they replied, look, and he started to explain who they are. Your servants are, were 12 brothers, the sons of one man who lives in the land of Canaan. The youngest is now with our father, and one is no more. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I think he had that insight already. And then Joseph said, it's just as I told you, you're spies. So these guys freak. Because the power that Joseph wields at this point is second only to the Pharaoh. And these guys, they kill you just for looking at you the wrong way. So they're freaking out, and they're begging, and... and uh, so Joseph, we see in verse 19, he says, well, look, if you're honest men, then let one of your brothers stay here in prison while the rest of you go and take grain back to your starving households. But you must bring your youngest brother to me so that your words may be verified and that you may not die. All right. They knew what they were. When you're looking at death, that's a pretty powerful deal. Well, then they said to one another, doggone it. Surely we're being punished because of my stupid brother that we sold off. We saw how distressed he was, and he pleaded with us for his life. See, we get more details now. I've always said to you, the people say, oh, Bible says a bunch of stories. If it's a bunch of stories, these are the worst storytellers on earth. Because they don't give you any drama. I mean, a junior high kid can write more drama in these stories. Than they just tell you the facts. A lot of times you find out more detail chapters later of what happened. Because remember, it just says that they threw him in a pit and then sold him off. Well, it was more than that. They remember how he distressed he was. He's probably crying his eyeballs out, freaking out, begging to his brothers, don't do this to me. Don't. I mean, he's 17. 
He's got the life of Riley. Probably doesn't even have a callus on his hands because dad protected him. They knew his brothers threw him down. They were threatening to kill him. They're, he starts to sell him off. They are, can you imagine how much your kid would beg you to not do this to him? That's what they did to him. And they remembered it. I said, oh man, we saw how distressed he was and he pleaded with us for his life, but we wouldn't listen. That's why this distress has come upon us. In other words, he says, we're in big trouble. We're in big trouble. God's punishing us for what we did for that little snot. And then Reuben said, didn't I tell you? That's always helpful. <laughs> right? You know, you're up to here, right? And then your wife says, I told you so. That's always very positive. Very encouraging. Reuben says, didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy? You wouldn't listen. Now look at the trouble we're in. We're going to have to give account for his blood. Now, they did not realize that Joseph could understand them because <laughs> he was using an interpreter. Thank you for the details now. All right. So the whole time he's turned, so the brothers turn around. They're freaking out talking. And of course, you know, he thought they were just hearing. In fact, he's hearing every word and understanding what they're saying. Uh, and then Joseph, verse 24, he turns away from them and begins to weep. Okay, because this is an emotional moment. He sees they're freaking out. This isn't just irritating freaking out. He threatens to kill them. This is no little deal. Their life is on the line, and they know it. They are freaked, and they are so panicked, and he hears them talking. They know it's all because of Joseph, and he becomes so emotionally, turns away. You know, he starts crying. He takes off, and he kind of gets it back together, and then he comes back. And then he had Simeon taken from them and bound before their eyes. So they take the one brother, Simeon, they imprison him, off he goes. So they go back to tell dad what happens. Uh, and they're explaining to dad, verse 33, look, then the man who's Lord over the land, talking about Joseph, said to us, this is how I'll know whether or not you're honest men. Leave one of your brothers here with me. Take food for your starving households and go, but bring your youngest brother to me so I will know that you are not spies, but honest men. In other words, let me see what you're telling me is really true. Then I'll give your brother back to you, and you, then you can trade in the land. Well, their father, Jacob, said, you have deprived me of my children. You guys are a disaster. First of all, I send Joseph around you. A wild animal eats him. Because that's all what they told him. Okay? Uh, so, Joseph is no more, and now Simeon is no more. So you've called me two sons. So he basically leaves Simeon there. <laughs> he's, he's a goner. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. You know? And now you want me to give you a Benjamin? You're crazy. Everything's against me. And then Reuben says to his father, Dad, look, you can put both of my sons to death if I don't bring him back to you. Those are his grandsons. <laughs> hey, Dad, I'll kill your grandkids if you just... Strange people. And trust him to my care, and I'll bring him back. But Jacob said, my son will not go down there with you. His brother is dead, and he's the only one left. Well, he's not the only one left. He's got all these other brothers. But he's the only one that came from Rachel. That's his connection. All right. He says, if harm comes to him on the journey you are taking, you will bring my gray head down to the grave in sorrow. So he basically tells him, no. Next chapter. Now, the famine was still severe in the land. So when they had eaten all the grain they had brought from Egypt, Pops gives in. Okay, go back and buy us a little more food. But then Judah says to him, the man warned us solemnly, you will not see my face again unless your brother is with you. 
if you will send your brother along with our brother along with us, we'll go down and buy food for you. But if you will not send him, we will not go down. Because this man says, you will not see my face again unless your brother. In other words, they're going to kill us. We're not going back. We'll just all sit here and starve to death. But we're not going. If you don't give us Benjamin, we're not going back. So Israel, Jacob, back and forth, they use the name. Why did you bring this trouble on me by telling the man you had another brother? They said, look, the guy was questioning us about us, our families, your father's still living. Do you have another brother? Because, of course, Joseph knew all this. We're simply answering his questions. How are we to know? He's going to say, bring your brother down here. Then Judas said to Israel, his father, send the boy along with me, and we will go at once so that we and you and our children may live and not die. I mean, this is the dire situation they're looking at. I myself will guarantee his safety. You can hold me personally responsible for him if I not, do not bring him back to you and set him here before you. I will bear the blame uh, before you all my life. As it is, Pops, if we had not delayed, we could have gone and returned twice. So it's been a while. And, uh, and I'm sure Dad didn't buy his argument at all. He just had no choice. So he gives them Benjamin. Now, they come into Egypt. Now, when Joseph came home, they presented to him, his brothers, the gifts they had brought into the house, and they bowed before him, uh, down before him to the ground. Again, he's seeing what he saw all those years ago. And he asked them uh, how they were. And then he said, how's your aged father you told me about? Because it's his dad. Is he still living? And they replied, your servant, our father, is still alive and well. And they bowed down, prostrating themselves before him again, what he saw in the dreams. As he looked about and saw his brother Benjamin, his own mother's son, he asked, is this your youngest brother, the one you told me about? And he said, God be gracious to you, my son. But deeply moved at the sight of his brother, Joseph runs out again to go find a place to cry. <laughs> Say, what is it with this guy? He's got diarrhea? I don't know. We're, we're talking. He takes off. He comes back. He takes off because he can't hold it emotionally together. So after he'd washed his face, pulled himself together, he came out and said, serve the food. So he fed him. So now Joseph sends them back to get their dad because uh, he wants the whole family there, obviously. So... Uh, but then he hides a silver cup and tells one of his servants, give him all this grain and then Benjamin's grain, take my silver cup, which is like a, a big deal. You know, this is second most powerful man in the world. Put my cup in his bag, hide it in there. So they left and then Joseph says, hey, somebody stole my cup, go get those guys. <laughs> so they go running off to find them and, uh, and then they grab and these guys say, what? What do you stole the, the silver cup? We didn't steal a cup. We didn't steal anything. So they're going through, and, and, and sure enough, who has the cup? Benjamin. And they all freak. No. No. I mean, he is messing with them. They deserved it. All right? So now he's, they're freaking out, not Benjamin. Oh, how worse can this get? So they go all the way back to Egypt. Now they're all in custody. Joseph is chewing him out for, for doing this to him and said, all right, now you go get your dad, but Benjamin stays here. Well, they know they can't do this. So one of the brothers is reasoning with Joseph. Again, he's this big, powerful guy. And he says to him in verse 30, he says, so now if the boy is not with us, when I go back to your servant, my father, and if my father, whose life is closely bound up with the boy's life, sees that the boy isn't here, there, he will die. 
Your servants will bring the gray head of our father down to the grave in sorrow. Your servant guaranteed, your servant, I is what he's trying to say. I guaranteed the boy's safety to my father. I said, if I do not bring him back to you, I will bear the blame before you, my father, all my life. Now then, please let your servant remain here. In other words, let me, I'll stay as the Lord's slave in place of the boy. Well, now, boy, has that changed, right? These were selfish men who were getting rid of their brothers just because they didn't like him. Now they're willing to go. He's willing to go into slavery himself to protect the life of Benjamin because if they go back without Benjamin, dad will die. How can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? No, do not let me see the misery that would come on my father. Chapter 25. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants. He said, everybody get out of here. So they all took off. (laughs) So there's no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly, the Egyptians heard him. And Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers weren't able to answer him because they were terrified. (laughs) Who is this guy? What is he talking about? And then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. And when they did so, he says to them, I'm your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. Well, that's got to be an emotional moment. (laughs) On the one hand, you're thinking, oh, great. And then you think, oh, crap. (laughs) Oh, man, how are we going to get it? (sighs) So now... He says, I'm the brother you sold into Egypt. And he says this, and now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God had sent me ahead of you. What? Are you kidding me? How mad would you be? I'd be so mad. You little twits. I went through 13 years of hell because of your behavior. I was lucky to get to where I am today. There have been no connection. A lot of people do that. See, we make the mistake. We think that the awful things that happen to us have no bearing on who we are. When in fact, they have a great bearing on who they are, who we are. We are all sums of our experiences. And the reason, many of you, the reason any of us are here today is because of what we've gone through all our lives. And even when we get later in life where we experience great blessings, many people still hold Grudges against people who did them wrong earlier. They don't see the connection. The truth is you were able to get to this great place of blessing because of what you went through. You mean God made those people do those horrible things to me? No, I don't think God had anything to do with it. But make no mistake, God uses whatever comes at you to make you into the kind of person he wants you to be. Wow, 13 years of hell. And he says to them, don't worry about it. It's not your fault. God used what you did to complete his plan in my life. Oh, man. Oh, I can't even relate. Joseph now realizes that his 13 years of hell was all part of God's plan. Again, does that mean that it was God's will that his brothers did that to him? Of course not. But look at this verse. This is in the New Testament. Romans, the 18th chapter. Paul writes these words. He says, and we know that in all things, everybody say all things. All things, even the bad, lousy, miserable, creepy, smelly neighbor, 
grumpy old lady down the street, irritating mother-in-law, all of it. God can take all of it and works for the good for those who love him. Wow. God works for the good in all things. Joseph is saying that God has done these wonderful things in my life because of the awful things you did to me. Joseph was a very smart man. How he even maintained his integrity through all he went through is beyond my comprehension. But he immediately knew that he wouldn't have the life he has today if his brothers had not treated him the way they did. See, he had the connection. Most people would not keep the connection. They would think, I finally got to a place of blessing. No thanks to you. And they stay full of that bitterness and anger. Man, that's why you got to forgive people. You got to let things go. Here's the point. Don't get mad at God. Don't get mad at your circumstances. Don't even get mad at the terrible people in your life that are making your life a living hell. Why not? Because we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Tough to do. You know, there's a saying, if you're going through hell, don't stop. Because <laughs> then you're still in hell. People, some of you are going through horrible things. Pastor, I'm just going to give up. Really? This is a bad place to give up. <laughs> Keep moving. You give up when you're going through hell, you'll just stay stuck in hell. A lot of people do that. And all that suffering, all that inconvenience is all for naught. See, the difference between God fulfilling his plan for you is greatly up to you. Don't think because of your circumstances, God is ripping you off. Don't get mad at God. Pastor, you know what I'm going through. Well, don't get mad at God. Don't even get mad at your circumstances. Don't even get mad at the creepy people who are making your life miserable. That stupid boss, this, that, that. Stop. God can take all of that and use it for your good. Joseph winds up in a situation where he has the best life on earth. The Bible says he's in charge of everything. Everything. There's not a single thing that is not left up to uh, anyone else but, but Joseph. No one has more power than Joseph. The Pharaoh did nothing. <laughs> what did he do? Sit around eating bonbons and watching TV all day long. I have no idea. Great lesson in that, by the way. This one's free. <laughs> I hear from women all the time. I shouldn't have to respect my husband because he doesn't do this and he doesn't do that and he doesn't do this. Stop. Pharaoh didn't do anything. And he was still Pharaoh. You see, authority and respect, really, from a spiritual standpoint, isn't earned. It is given. It's like your parents. Your parents have authority in your life, and we're supposed to respect your parents. So you don't know my mother. She's crazy. My father's an alcoholic and beat us. We still respect them. It's not based on what you do. The Bible says that husbands and wives are supposed to respect each other. But oftentimes, because of what the other one does or doesn't do, we think, I don't have to respect him anymore. You're wrong. Don't be thinking in those terms. Anyway, who knows what wonderful things God has for your future? What if he's using the trouble you're going through right now to bring you to a wonderful place in the future? So the Bible goes on. So then it was not you who sent me here, Joseph said, but God. 
He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, ruler over all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me lord over all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds, all you have, I will provide for you there because five years of famine are still yet to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it's really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honor accorded to me in Egypt and about everything you've seen. And bring my father down here quickly. And he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept. And Benjamin embraced him and weep. Everybody's crying. Stop with the crying. And he kissed all his brothers and wept over them again with all the crying. And afterwards, his brothers talked to him. And Pharaoh heard about it and said, great, this is awesome. Go get the whole fam family. Bring them down here. And off they went. And then he sent his brothers away. And as they were leaving, he says, by the way, don't argue on the way. He knew his brothers well. So they went up out of Egypt. They came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. They told him, Joseph is still alive. In fact, he's ruler over all Egypt. Jacob is stunned. He didn't believe him. Father Jacob, I'd get really dorked. <laughs> what did you do? You lied to me. And it doesn't say any. I'm sure all that happened. Like I said, not the best storytellers here. They don't give us all the facts, but he was stunned. And blamed. But when they told him everything Joseph had said to them, when they saw the carts Joseph had sent to carry him back, the spirit of his father, Jacob, revived. And Israel, Jacob, said, I'm convinced. My son Joseph is alive. I will go and see him before I die. And that's how they all got down to Egypt. Next week, we'll pick it up and we'll see what happens when they get to Egypt. Now, they prosper wildly. That's how these 12 brothers dad, Israel, becomes the nation of Israel. These 12 boys have kids, grandkids, great-grandkids. They multiply like rabbits. <laughs> I, mean, I was going to say cockroaches, but that sounded terrible. Thank you for the rabbits. Okay, so rabbits. Cockroaches are awful. Rabbits are a nice little fuzzy thing. So. But, uh, but that's all. They're everywhere. And they just, they bloom into a nation called the nation of Israel. But then things go horribly wrong when they're in Egypt. And eventually, he sends someone to look at Pharaoh, a guy by the name of Moses, who says, let my people go. We'll pick that up next week. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your kindness and for the truth of your word. Lord, we read these accounts. And what's so overwhelming is that no matter what we go through, you are faithful. The evil intentions of others do not limit what you do in our lives. The troubles that we go through do not limit what you can do in our lives. The sufferings that we suffer do not negate or hold back the blessings that you are yet to provide in our lives. Lord, help us to take heart. Anyone listening to me today, Lord, they're going through some real rough stuff right now. Different people in our congregation listening to me all over the world right now. Help them not to give up. Help them not to lose heart. Help them not to get bitter or angry. Help them not to keep trusting you and just end up in a broken, awful place. But to stay faithful, because we know that God, all things, you can work all things, even stuff that was intended for bad, you can work into good for us. Help us to stay faithful. Help us to be patient, because we know that God, you can turn anything around. 
For this, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you.